0: We are teen services librarians at the New Canaan Library, and we are back for another episode of our Young Adult Book Brunch podcast.
1: So we're here for our sixth podcast.
0: Amazing.
1: And the end of our first season, as we decided to define it.
0: It's the season finale. I like that it makes it a party. This has been such a fun ride. We started recording in March almost immediately afterwards. The world shut down we were in quarantine we've been skyping together and kathleen and i are actually back at the library but we have masks on our face so we might be slightly muffled we don't know how this will sound we broke out the
1: yardstick and we've been measuring to make sure we're at the proper distance away from each other and hopefully the mic the microphone
0: is equidistant from each of us we tried and so yeah so we apologize for any funky sound quality so we actually at the end of our last podcast we went back to letting everybody vote and they voted for With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Aceveda. This is interesting because this is the first time we're talking about a book that neither of us read going into this.
1: Yeah. Right? Kind of a kind of a risky choice, I guess. So yeah, so we're both coming into this fresh. I don't know if we talked about last time I had read the Poet X and that was one of the reasons why I picked this book as a as a possible choice. So I don't know if you had read that as well or if you I, had any experience I with
0: her. Didn't and I'm really actually that's what I'm really excited about because the Poet X was written in verse, and it won a lot of awards, it received a lot of attention. It I heard it was a great book. Unfortunately I never got to it. It's it's on my never ending to read list. But you did and so I'm curious because with the fire on high is in prose. And so it'll be interesting for me to hear about the difference between the two.
1: So, yeah, as a, just a brief introduction, With The Fire on High is um, unlike The Poet X. This is her first book in prose rather than poetry. It's the story about Imani Santiago, who is this, like, aspiring chef. She, she kind of uses cooking as her creative outlet. She's also a teen mother, so she's uh, kind of balancing, trying to find a way to juggle all of her responsibilities which there are a lot of those. So it's kind of just all about how she's managing to find her way to kind of explore her own creative side and to pursue. She has this class that is going to allow her to study abroad in Spain, so to kind of pursue her dreams while also taking care of all of the people in her
0: life who rely on her. So what... Did we think. So this is interesting because usually when we get to this point, one of us is at the edge of our seats wondering <laughs> about how the other one is going to respond to the recommendation. So I will tell you that I really liked it, but I wanted to like it more than I did.
1: I, a, I get that. Do and you? It, I, I will say, I think especially coming off the Poet X, which I mean, it was like a National, bo- national Book Award winner, I think. It was a Prince Award winner it was really celebrated and it was a great book. I think this book is, is not quite as exciting as that book. I think that as much as I found things to like about it, I couldn't help myself from kind of measuring it against that book. And I mm-hmm. think in that sense, I did feel that it wasn't you know quite as exciting to me.
0: Well, okay, so that's interesting because for me, I did not read the Poet X and I can tell you what I loved about With the Fire on High is the voice of the main character. I feel a very likable main character, which we've talked about is not something either of us really need in a <laughs> book. But I liked liking this character. She's very sure of herself. She's headstrong. And, and, you know, she comes across a lot of things that she she does feel uncertain about. But the way she carries herself the way she maintains her family values her passion her intensity um, I really loved that I also loved a lot of the writing and it's funny because it's my turn to share a quote and I couldn't find something that really captured there were moments of it but I'm I'm going to presume that the poet X probably had lo- a lot more beautifully written language there was just here with the fire on high there was a really great turn of phrase here or there, or just a really sort of neat way to capture something or end a paragraph. What was tough for me, I'm going to drop a bomb here. Oh, no. I felt like it was a fantasy fairy tale. There, I said it. I just, for someone who's a single mom living with a single grandparent, And their struggles in that very real, very tough situation didn't ring true to me as a mother, remembering what it's like to have a two-year-old, knowing that bone-exhausted feeling. And she's a full-time student, and she manages to have time to do a lot of things I find really unrealistic. I can't imagine being a single mom working part-time, going to school full-time, and then deciding to make this elaborate dessert at what must be presumably 8 (laughs) p.m. in between your advanced English class and whatnot. And the other part that seemed unrealistic to me, this is going to be tough, I've been in the food industry for so long. A lot of that seemed very... It it's it reminds me of a lot of people who go into the food industry who expect it to be this incredible self expression opportunity. It's a lot of heavy drudgery. The fact that a chef owner would let her execute the dinner special sight unseen, like there's just so much of it. And then she doesn't have enough money for something and magically for the first time in her life her aunt sends her three hundred dollars and when her grandmother decides she wants to continue her own life and get married magically. Do we not mention we're going to spoil the book?
1: <laughs> we spoil every time. I, if you've heard any of our podcasts before, you should be aware at this point. If you haven't, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I agree. It's on you. If you've been listening along, if you don't know by now, you should. But yes, so a very belated spoiler warning. We We always pick everything apart. So part of this Disappointing fairy tale vibe to this very realistic fiction premise is all of the things that magically work out at the end, right? And her father, who's been absent for 17 years and who's been too lost and conflicted, has decided to finally come home and be her father. I loved the voice, I loved the way she wrote, like someone who really knew what it's like to be in that kind of a neighborhood. I spent many years in Philadelphia. It was a bit of a love story to Philadelphia, which I loved. But yeah, it was a little too cleaned up for me.
1: I, that makes a lot of sense. And I think maybe that does tie into my own misgivings about it, which is I, I want good things to happen to Amani, So I think I'm happy when they do. But at the same time, even like the romance with Malachi, I'm like, oh, he's just the nicest guy ever. That's convenient. Just things like that you know, raising enough money to get to this school trip, things like that, they work out very conveniently, and that tension never really goes anywhere. It's just kind of like a nice story, but I, maybe I don't like nice stories well enough. I always want just a little bit more.
0: I, I agree. There wasn't enough of a, to be fair, the last three or four books we read led us completely traumatized, so This is probably, I mean, there's, there's a place for this a little bit more lighthearted beach read, but I don't really want my story about a single mom that's African-American and Afro-Latina to be so, I don't know, prettied up. And it's so funny because Beauty and appearances are such a huge part of this story. There's this one character, pretty Leslie, who's awful, but you know, it's sort of a, a dig at this this person who wears makeup and has long nails, but she's really not so nice, and then there's this one chapter where they call her ugly Leslie, where she gets really drunk when they so they finally make enough money to go to Spain, and Leslie has always had sort of something for Malachi, and eventually she gets so drunk and she throws up and embarrasses herself and Imani gets her home safely and everything. And so there is a lot of friendship and, and things not being what they seem and appearances. And so she, she feels maybe she's judged Leslie too harshly because they finally have like a real heart to heart. And she, she judges Malachi maybe, and then realizes that he's lost his younger brother to gun violence. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I'd really love to read these own voice stories, either one or the other. I'd actually really like the fairy tale. I would love to read about the single mom that is actually a magical dragon slayer at night. (laughs) Or I'd like to read about the truth of it. But this in-between space made me uncomfortable.
1: I think one of the things, and I I know you said you didn't read it, and I don't want to go too spoilery, but uh, with the poet X's, I think she does go to those darker places. And I know what you're saying about the fantasy of it versus either showing it like it is or going full fantasy. And I I think this would have been better for me, too, if it were a little more Unreal in a way, so that I didn't think that it was trying to portray life as it is. And there are those hints too, kind of magical realism, that maybe that could have been explored more, and I would have felt maybe better about the tone.
0: You know, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that. I have this in a note here that it hints at magic. I actually I am a sucker for. Food books where there's magic involved and/or witchery and and witchcraft and 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 the and the lighter sides of magic where you can make a dish and it's sort of a spell, and that's hinted at all through the book. Whenever Amani makes a dish, people remember something. It makes her grandmother cry. There's this huge scene with her father remembering Amani's deceased mother and even, you know, she makes a meal for her best friend and her girlfriend. Towards the end of the book, when they're in Spain, this Spanish chef that Imani's sort of the apprentice for, for this brief stay in Spain, tells her that, you know, she almost is trying to get her to insist that there's magic, but then that's it. That really sort of, that never goes anywhere in the book. It never becomes anything more. Without the magic or without a realistic look at poverty or being a single mother or just the struggles of being in school as a mother and working. I, I don't think the love interest is very realistically written given the situation she's in. I, I think it starts to feel, I don't know, like an after school special where, where it's not like I, something doesn't really hit me at home and say, wow, or, oh, this is powerful. It's fabulous writing. I don't want to be in a position where I'm criticizing an author like this, but she writes so beautifully, and I will continue to follow her, and I will read the Poet X after this, because especially since you think so highly of it, as a food person, it didn't, I think it had to maybe even work harder for me than it did.
1: Well, that's interesting, because I wondered if it would be an easier sell or a harder sell for you. Because, yeah, in some ways, I think this book was made for you. I mean, because it's not only the food, it's the Philadelphia. Like, there are a lot of
0: elements. That's so true. But you have to be very careful when you play with something that's somebody that's so near and dear to someone's heart. The Philadelphia part, I loved (laughs) I felt there. I, I, I remember the streets then the neighborhoods, the water ice, the skukel, and everything. <laughs> I was so there with Philadelphia. But being in a professional kitchen or even a culinary the culinary class, she really kind of gets that right. A lot of her recipes, too, I just, it didn't, it didn't make it all the way there for me with the food.
1: I feel I feel like we need to balance this with some more positive things. I now. totally agree. I, and, you know, because the funny thing is it wasn't a book that I disliked by any means. It was just a book that I wanted to like so much more. And so then sort of the things that I wished could have been a little bit more, those are the things that I feel like I bring up. But there were so many nice things. I loved the friendships, and I really thought that was well done. I, I loved agree. how supportive Angelica was and vice versa to Amani. It was just... I thought that was a really nice, well done element. And just the idea of creativity through food, um, I know you're saying that that's part <laughs> of the fantasy, but I think it is kind of a nice way to show just these different ways that people can express themselves creatively. And of course, she has just this, this natural affinity for, for cooking and, and making things with food.
0: I love how she writes about the relationship of food to other people. That is done beautifully. I'm not saying I dislike the story. I think I just wanted it to be more. But to give the writer credit, I I read through it. I was engaged. It was interesting the whole time. The characters are awesome. I really loved the grandmother. The central character was just... I understand why you would say that you just want really nice things to happen to her. You want it to work out for her. We'd both be crying right now if it didn't work out for her. That's 100% true. I like the way the book gave you a lot of little nuggets of things to think about. What did you think about when they went to see the tomb of Christopher Columbus and how she touches on colonizers and her father, sort of this grassroots organizer in Puerto Rico? What did you think of all of that?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. I mean, I think the all these questions around identity that come up throughout the book are really well explored and fascinating. And I think I think maybe she's talking to Malachi in that scene and kind of explaining to him because that's not his life experience. Well, you know, what does this mean to her? Uh, because she's Puerto Rican, he's he's not, so he's not really seeing Columbus in that light necessarily. And then just the idea that so her father uh, lives in Puerto Rico still. He's, he's not living with her and her grandmother, but he's still a presence in her life. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting, too, kind of like a poetic touch that his name is Julio and he only visits in July. Right, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but, like the summer breeze. Yeah,
1: yeah. Comes in and out of her life. So, I mean, you can tell she's a poet because there are just all these poetic touches. And just the idea, too, that her mother actually died in childbirth, I think. So she doesn't have that connection with her. Her mom's African-American. And so her aunt is, like, her only uh, relative, I think, that she has any contact with. And seeing those emails with her, I thought was very nice to kind of develop that relationship and try to find
0: some kind of connection with her mom. I loved the letters. I feel bad. I feel like I have to make reparations for being so negative. Um, (laughs) um, I'm very opinionated. I loved those letters. I did... Enjoy the way she was connecting to her mom, and that she was not just getting recipes, but trying to add her own spin on them. It wasn't. It wasn't all. Um, I did connect to a lot of the food. I. It was just hard for me to read about professional kitchens and things that were happening that I. I know would never could in a hundred years could ever happen, but I loved the recipes throughout the book. I. I like how the author split the the book into parts and each one had a recipe and throughout the book you get such a close connection to Amani because of the way she thinks and of the way she even writes her recipes where I think like something is baked for if you play Cardi B songs three times (laughs) there's no measurement and that's I think very honest and truthful I've been trying to capture my mom's recipes and it's really difficult because she'll she'll be similarly vague about (laughs) quantities and time and mixing and so that was really lovely another character I loved was the culinary arts teacher at the high school he's so great and I love the little conflict of how Imani wants to be creative and artistic and add little surprising ingredients to things and he's from the school of perfection and make it perfect a hundred times and technique and discipline. And so they butt heads. And I really like how that story plays out between them. I wanted that chef in Spain to be a little bit more. She's sort of this voice of, let's tap into this magic you have. And and that never really happens. In her garden with all of these beautiful herbs and it starts to really feel like maybe we're going to talk about magic here and but she's just sort of there as like a muse or like a fairy godmother in some ways to just tell her to trust herself and keep adding crazy ingredients to things while her culinary arts teacher's like somebody could be allergic and die <laughs> yeah so that was really neat I, I did like that part of it
1: i think there were just a ton of ideas and <laughs> some of them fit together really well and some i don't think were explored as much as i would have liked right. but there was a lot to like about it, and there was a lot to dig into. So I think it was a great book to discuss. I
0: yes. So I, I bet we have a lot of listeners who like happy endings, who actually like everything put away neatly at the end, and I think that's what happens here. I, it's it's a nice shift, because the last few books we've read have either been an open ending, which I'm still not fully recovered from, <laughs> or or an ending that's really emotionally difficult. And this one... It's, it's uplifting, and, and I think we can all use that right now. So I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be, I don't know, maybe it's mood I'm in. We've, we've, we've been talking about this heat wave. We're back at the library. It's definitely strange times, but I did like this book. I would recommend this book to a lot of kids, and I think maybe for me it, it does not get its hands as dirty as I would like it to in the kitchen.
1: What I'm hearing is we have too much darkness, and really, if you like nice books where nice people have nice things happening to them, this is a great book
0: for you. This is why we can't read nice things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do have a quote I would like to share. I, the writing is really beautiful, and so I struggled to find a quote because I wanted to find something that made you put the book down and go, wow, but I didn't really have that moment. I was going to read some of the recipes, which are really adorable and lovely, but I decided to pick this. It's a little bit long, but I love this passage. Throughout the book, Imani's cooking for a lot of different people, and eventually she finally cooks for herself, and her daughter is with Tyrone, her uh, the biological father, and her grandmother confesses to being on a date, and so she's like, oh, I should call this person or this person. She decides to cook for herself. When the oven chimes, I pull the lasagna out and wash the dishes in the sink while I let it rest for a couple of minutes. My fingers are itching to grab my phone, to talk to someone, to distract myself on social media. But instead, I take out a plate and place a thick square of lasagna on it, decorating it with some basil, I plate my salad and set the small kitchen table. From the fridge, I pour myself a small glass of Vuela's holiday wine. I know she'll raise an eyebrow when she sees I had some, but she won't reprimand me. Growing up, she was allowed to drink from the time she was 14, and she finds the alcohol rules on the mainland excessive. And even if she did have something to say, I don't think it would bother me. Because today I am alone in my kitchen with a meal I made myself. I sit at the table and cut a bite of the lasagna. I don't know what I am going to be or who I am not. My own desires are thickly layered like the food on my plate. But I know that one day soon, I'll be a grown ass woman. So I let myself enjoy the meal, the moment, and my own company. Yeah, right. That's really nice, yeah. The writing's lovely. Writing is, I feel that I need to write a note to Elizabeth Acevedo because <laughs> I've been a little negative but it's a beautiful book I really did enjoy it
1: we're really going to have to listen to this after I don't know if the heat's affecting us and <laughs> maybe
0: maybe it is but yeah so I did I, I recommend it I highly recommend it with, with yes and I it's I guess maybe not fair that I want it to be something it wasn't as it stands it's it's a great book it's a great read and I do recommend it
1: It is, and it's probably one of the most beautiful books I have ever
0: seen. Oh, the cover's gorgeous. The
1: cover is so gorgeous. The design of it is just, it's a really nicely
0: made book. (laughs) It's making me hungry. It's got (laughs) vanilla and lavender, and is that a mango? And she's beautiful with her hair tied up and her curls. Yeah. Okay, so you have read-alike records for us? So I have a few read-alikes. So one of the things that I was
1: thinking about when I was reading this book is I don't know if this is really a common uh concept or if this is like only a YA librarian concept so I'll kind of explain it for our listeners but this idea of like quiet YA and so maybe not the flashiest kinds of books maybe the books that are under the radar a little um You know, so so maybe not usually, like, your fantasy or your adventure-type stories, but kind of quiet. So this book was really popular, but I still feel like it falls into that category of, like, you know, it's just sort of these these short chapters of, like, little events that happen, and they kind of just go along. And it it just, it's nice not to have the flashiness, I think, sometimes, and just really Mm -hmm. dig into a character. So one of the books that it made me think of, which I think is kind of another... YA a- book is a book called Piecing Me Together by Renee Watson. I think actually a lot of my, my books that I'm recommending are about girls who are aspiring to something. And so um, the the girl in this book, she has this real passion for a collage, which is the only book I've ever read that is about a girl with a passion for a collage. So she she's really into expressing herself creatively, and she goes to this school. She's kind of I think stereotyped, I guess I would say, at this school. So it's kind of a book about microaggressions and how do people, how does she get people to see her for who she actually is rather than who they might think she is, um, while also kind of exploring her, her goals to be an artist. So that was one book that I thought of when I was reading this book. Obviously, Poet X, but I wasn't going to recommend another Elizabeth Acevedo. So I was also thinking of musicians, something similar to poetry, uh, On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. It's about a girl who wants to be a rapper and just really driven uh angie thomas of course wrote the hate you give so this was her follow-up to that and then finally like water for chocolate by lara esquivel which is an adult book but it's uh one of those food as magic type books it's one of my favorite books
0: of all time is it i love like water for chocolate <laughs> although i read it almost like it's an old book i want to say i read it nearly 15 years ago or something like that so I'm really curious maybe even more so I'm curious if I reread it if I would like it as much or if I've just become curmudgeon in my old age
1: <laughs> I think we both might be curmudgeons That's really what I'm learning <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah tell us about like water for chocolate it's I love it I just Love that book.
1: So yeah, so I think there were maybe kinds of hints of this in with the fire on high where it's mm-hmm. sort of like your cooking is infused with your emotions, that that sort of concept. I actually haven't read it, I've just seen the movie.
0: Oh my god. Terrible, gosh. terrible. <sighs>
1: so mm, um forgive you. <laughs> So I hear it. I hear it's a little seamy.
0: So I just want to throw it's that not. out there. Okay. Well, may may I? I'm going to yeah, jump please. in here. Um, so what I love about *Like Water for Chocolate*? It's similar to *With the Fire and High* is that each chapter starts with um, a recipe. But that is it's it's the writer here, Esquivel, adheres to that a lot more. And so every single chapter, I believe, is a recipe. And you can't imagine how that recipe is going to play out and until it does. So, whereas with The Fire on High, there's sort of a recipe as a, as a reflection point. In like Water for Chocolate, the recipe happens in the book. It's part of the story. And each one is fascinating. I, I can never get out of my mind this one scene where someone is given roses and, and she hugs it and she's upset and she ends up bleeding because of the roses sort of pierce her skin. And so she plucks the roses and she makes something with it. And everybody at the table is besides themselves with emotions and weeping. But it's a love story. It's I believe there's a, she's the youngest daughter in a family. And the tradition is that she's not allowed to marry right, because yeah. she must take care of her mom, uh, possibly her father. I don't remember. But she's madly in love. And, of course... The man that she's in love with is courting, and I believe marries, or whatever the relationship. So she's just sort of on the side, caring for everyone, while she's she's just sort of broken hearted and has this uh, play out. But it's beautifully written. I think I think both writers sort of both with *The Fire on High* and *Like Water for Chocolate* are beautifully written. But the way *Like Water for Chocolate* uses the food and the recipes. It, it plugs right into the drama and the story in surprising and often really neat literary ways that it just sort of happens as part of the plot. So I, I do love that book. I don't think it gets that steamy, I think, towards the very end, but I don't want to give the story away. It's I, I think if you've been with us for a lot of this, you're, you're ready for some... For, for most of what happens in that, although I should probably double-check so that I don't get into a tremendous amount of trouble. But i if you liked the food part of With the Fire and High, that's a great recommendation, Kathleen. Are we at the end of our season? I think we are. So. I, don't, I don't feel like I've left with my best work. So. I know. It's like, was that a high note? <laughs> but that's okay. You know, I, I we've just been really honest about how we feel about these books, and it's been really... I have read so many things with you in the last six months that's amazing and we've had a really great time so we're going on hiatus we are back at the library we're busy we have patrons back in the library which is really great for me we're going through phases of opening and and we're at the edge of our seats hoping that the kids are going back to school and everybody manages to attend school safely so we're going to take a little hiatus for everyone to catch their breath. And then later this fall, we're going to come out with our new and improved season two. <laughs> Only depressing books. No, <laughs> uh, we, did a, we did a broad range. But yes, check our website. You can always email us and let us know what you would like to be reading. And we will, we will read along with you. Yeah, we would love to hear recommendations. <laughs> yes. so It would be healthy for Kathleen and I to have people make us read happy books. I think so. We're so uncomfortable with happy. We really are. <laughs> and
1: I think that's the thing is that I, I even like to dissect a book that I enjoyed. <laughs> what does that say about me?
0: That's what, that's what we do. It's great. It's wonderful. All right. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.